bored in church. Confused by church, not really sure what the point of it was or why I was there all the time, but my parents made me go religiously. And then when I was a freshman in high school, I found myself in someone's living room with a whole bunch of Christians reading and studying the Bible. And whenever I was there, I would look around the room and I would see our youth pastor, his name was Brock, and he would be telling a Bible story and I'd look at all my friends and they would have like nodding along with the pastor, like they knew exactly what verse he was talking about or what story would be clearly they, they knew. And then he'd pick up his guitar and he'd strum a few chords to a song and instantly the entire room would sing knowing every single word. And then there was me the girl that cursed out that same youth pastor the very first time we met, like three weeks before. I always felt like I was a spiritual wimp, like I was on the outside of some super important club and I would never get on the inside of it. After a few months of consistently going to this church and this youth group and being a part of these Bible studies, my youth pastor announced that we were going to go to camp. Now, my parents, they really weren't too sure about my newfound faith in Jesus and my new love for church, and they thought it was a little intense and a little extreme, and I probably need to calm down about my faith, Uh, but they let me go to camp, and so my bestie and I, we got signed up. We bought coordinating matching outfits to twin every day that was humanly possible, Um, and we, of course, went all out for our color. That's how big a deal color is. It goes back since before you people were born. And I would like to formally announce to you that my bestie and I were on the winning team for winter camp 1993. Yes, we won, we won. Okay, so you won't forget who wins. But I remember this one particular service that absolutely changed me forever. And I remember sitting in there and listening to the preacher and he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Now I had grown up in a very strict religious Catholic family and I had no idea what he was talking about but this is what my knowledge of the Holy Spirit was. I knew that when we were in church and when we prayed, at the end of the prayer, we were supposed to do this. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. So that was it. So when he said the Holy Spirit, that was all I had to go off of. And so I thought maybe the Holy Spirit was like the ghost of Jesus after he rose from the dead. Or maybe the Holy Spirit was like Casper the Friendly, but holier somehow than that. I had no clue what was going on. But when the preacher started explaining that after you're saved, after you have a true and real relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior, that there is a second powerful experience that you can have, I knew I wanted that. He read from Acts 19, it says, Paul traveled until he reached Ephesus on the coast and he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. When the preacher said this, I was legit on the edge of my seat. I was like, me either guys, I didn't know that there was a Holy Spirit either. Tell tell us about that a little more. And the preacher explained that the Holy Spirit is the part of God that we can sense and feel. He is God with us. It's the part of God that gives us peace, that gives us strength, that helps us connect. And when we're in a room like this room and we're saying we feel God, what we're talking about is we're sensing, we're feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so he explained all of that. And then he read this verse from the Bible. I'll read it to you. It's Acts 19.6. It says... 
Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. I thought, that's what I need. I'm sitting in my seat. I'm 15 years old. I made a decision. I said, as soon as that guy says, hey, if you want someone to lay hands on you and pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit, I'm going to sprint down there. So I do not have to wait in line. I'm going to get to the front. I'm going to crush this. And I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what I need. But then the preacher kept talking and it got weirder. 19.6. And then Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Now, the last part of that verse really messed with me because I have no idea what those words meant at this time in my life. Prophesied? What the heck is that? Speaking in other tongues? And right in that moment, again, I started to feel like I was not spiritual enough, and I was behind. My story is completely different than JL's, although JL is a huge part of my story. See, I grew up in church. My dad has been the pastor there for 25 years, and so, yes, he's awesome. He's over there, Pastor Tim. So Fellowship Church has always been my home. Some of my earliest memories I have are within that church, and I can remember very clearly when I was about four or five years old, I was sitting in this classroom that's not even there anymore with this teacher, and we were in a tent for some reason. I don't know why there was a tent inside, you know, children's ministry. We do weird things. And the (laughs) teacher started to lead me in this prayer, and she wanted me to repeat these things that she was saying. And for some reason, she was so excited, and I was like, yeah, I'll say whatever you're saying just because you're looking at me like that. And then I realized a few years later when I got a little bit older that the reason why she was so excited is because when I repeated that prayer, I just received a home forever in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up this way. I grew up around people who were always talking about Jesus. I grew up in a home where Jesus was a constant conversation and I was surrounded by people who loved him and knew him. And this, of course, shaped every part of who I was. But it also meant that I never really had to work for my relationship with Jesus. It was always just kind of spoon-fed to me. See, I was surrounded by great people whose faith just translated to mine. I loved Jesus because the people around me that I admired and trusted told me that I should. I valued my time at church because all my friends there and Pastor JL made it super fun. And before long... I realized that as I was getting a little bit older, as I was getting out of elementary school into middle school and high school, that I was starting to outgrow the shelter of other people's faith. That as I was being surrounded by new ideas, by new people who didn't believe the things that I did, who didn't stand on the same ground as me, who had very different perspectives, that all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, my faith was being challenged. It wasn't easy anymore. I wasn't in this cocoon of faith and people who protected me from the world. And so I realized very quickly that if I were going to continue on my walk with Jesus, that I had to make my faith my own. I knew that I loved Jesus. I knew that he had done awesome things for me. That much I learned from church my entire life. But there were things that I had to learn for myself, do for myself in order for my relationship to progress any further or even survive in public school. Because let's face it, that place is scary place, okay? So in order to make my faith my own, rather than my mother's, rather than my father's or my sister's or even Pastor JL's, I knew that it was time something had to happen. I had outgrown their shelter. 
And I remember very clearly when this opportunity first presented itself. I was in seventh grade and it was at a retreat or a camp very similar to this one and it was called Amped back then. Yep. All right. We got some OGs in here. So Pastor JL, she was up here. She was doing her thing. You know how Pastor JL does. Everyone was crying. Everyone was listening. It was so amazing. And she started talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, I'd heard this word thrown around a few times in my life, but this was the first time where someone sat down and tried to explain him to me. She explained that while God is the creator and Jesus is the savior and the intercessor, the Holy Spirit is the one inside of us. He's the one that is closer than close, and he is the one that brings us peace, comfort, and guidance. It's like, I kind of like that guy. He sounds pretty neat. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, she explained that it's not necessarily something that you would hear in your ears like a normal voice, but actually he speaks from within. The Holy Spirit feels more like a stirring inside of our bellies deep inside rather than an audible voice. It's kind of like a bass playing within. Now, I don't know if y'all are musicians. I certainly am not whatsoever. But I know bass when I hear it, okay? If the bass is not good, it absolutely ruins the song, which is why I'm very thankful for Pastor Sean because he's like the best bass player ever. He's the best. And so bass is so, so important. I think sometimes we don't even realize that it's there until it's gone or it's really, really bad. And so we've got a song that you guys all probably no one would recognize. And I want to hear the different variations of bass or of the bass within this song so we can recognize how important it is. And so let's go ahead and play the first song, the first part. And this is without zero bass whatsoever. We're going to have to turn it up a little bit. Okay, that sounds like elevator music. That sounds awful physically hurts inside, right? You don't want to listen to that song. Okay, so we're not liking it. We're not fans, right? This isn't good. Okay, okay, we'll go ahead and stop that one. You guys recognize the song? What is it? Yeah, I think so. It's Dua Lipa or someone, okay? Okay, so let's go ahead and play the normal song, how you would hear it. This is on the radio. Much better, right? It doesn't physically hurt to listen to it anymore. So yeah, just normal bass. You can feel it inside of you, right? Kind of reverberating in your belly. Yeah, we got some singers up in the front. Okay, now I want to play the version with the boosted bass. Now this is like your brother's car that has the subs in the back. You know what I'm talking about? So this is that version, okay? There it is. That feels good, all right? That sounds so much better. So much better. Okay, we'll groove a little bit. I don't really know what to do. I'm very uncomfortable at this moment. Watch Julie and copy what she does. Okay, yeah, whatever Julie does, that's what I'll do. That's what we do. I don't know where Julie is. Okay, okay, we're stopping. We're stopping. I'm very uncomfortable. Okay, so no bass, no go, right? Normal bass, we like, we enjoy, but that boosted bass, there's something about it where you just feel it inside of you. It's tangible, it's there, and it makes a difference, and you can tell when it is there. And so this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. This is how we can feel him, because remember, it's not something that we're audibly going to be able to hear, but rather something that we feel. The vibrations within, stirring inside, the feeling is unmistakable and distinct. And so that boosted bass, that's what we feel when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And so then Pastor I'll continue to explain that not only did the Holy Spirit bring comfort and peace and guidance, which are all excellent things, but he also brings gifts. Now, y'all, 
Gifts are my love language, okay? I love me some gifts. So when she started talking about this, I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I can get on board with this. What gifts are you going to bring me? And so she explained, there's all kinds of gifts, like gifts like speaking in a prayer language, gifts like the gift of healing, of wisdom, of knowledge, of prophecy, and it lists each of these within 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but they are all given to believers by the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve, but they all come from the same Lord. There are different ways that the Spirit works. But the same God is working in all these ways and in all people. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. I love that it says that. In a special way. It's unique to each and every one of us that is good for all. To some people, he brings the message of wisdom. Could you guys do a little more wisdom in your life? I know that I could. To others, he brings message of knowledge. To some, he gives the spirit of faith. To others, the gifts of healing. And to some, the power to do miracles, the ability to prophesy, the ability to tell the spirits apart, and the ability to speak in different kinds of languages they hadn't known before. This is that prayer language that we keep saying. And to still others, he gives the ability to explain what was said in those languages. All of the gifts are produced by one in the same spirit. He gives the gifts to each person just as he decides. What I love about this verse is it shows how personal the Holy Spirit is to each and every one of us. He knows what gifts he wants to bring you. He knows how you can best utilize these gifts and bring them out. And so it's so personal and it's so special to each and every one of us. And they all come from one and the same Holy Spirit. We also know from this verse that each of these gifts is given to us not only to better the kingdom of God, but also to grow into intimacy with him. Now, the gift that Pastor JL chose to focus on that night so many years ago at Amped was the gift of speaking in a prayer language or the gift of speaking in tongues. You may have heard it either way. She described it as speaking in a language that is personal just between you and God. That this language can be used when you want to have an intimate intimate conversation with God, when you've just run out of things to pray, or maybe when you don't even know what it is that you need to pray for because the Holy Spirit does know. And she described it as a new and a more intimate way to talk to Jesus. And I knew in that moment that that's exactly what I needed, what I wanted. Romans 8, 26, 27, it says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I think that so many times in our lives we're facing struggles, we're dealing with people, and we have these things, and we don't even know what to pray for anymore. We're out of words to say. We don't even know what it is that we need to be praying for, and so that's when the Holy Spirit can come in. This verse talks about how he prays for us within us what God wants to pray for us. That is so, so powerful. And so in this moment, as she's explaining this beautiful gift of God, I wasn't weirded out. I wasn't scared. But instead, I was so, so excited. This was the first time that I had the opportunity to take my faith into my own hands, to do something for my own relationship with God, to take us closer. It's something that I hadn't been given by my parents, that I couldn't just inherit from my mentors, but instead, it was a gift that came from God himself to bring us closer together. I knew that I had to have that. 
So back when I was 15, I knew when I was listening to the preacher that that is what I wanted. And so when the preacher asked if anyone wanted to come forward and lay hands and pray for us to receive the Holy Spirit, I came forward. And I walked up to this lady who was standing at the front, and she was a stranger to me. Um, And quite frankly, I was intimidated by her. And she laid her hands on me, and she prayed for me a minute. And then I don't know what went wrong, but somehow I felt like I messed something up. And pretty soon, a couple minutes in, she was like yelling in my face in a foreign language while pulling repeatedly on my ears hard. And so I stopped thinking about the Holy Spirit or God at all, and I just started thinking about, please stop pulling on my ears, strange lady. I don't understand what's happening. And I don't know if I had like a horrified look on my face or exactly what happened, but then my youth pastor came out and he walked up to this strange lady and he told her to knock it off, that she was being extremely weird and that's not how you receive the Holy Spirit and go away. And I was so grateful. I felt so rescued in that moment because I thought my ear was going to come off. And then he took me to the side and we sat down together and he said, JL, why did you come down? And I said, I want to receive the Holy Spirit, but I don't want people to yell at me or pull on my face. And he said, yes, that is an unnecessary step. Um, So he just leaned over and he put his hand on my shoulder and he just very calmly and kindly yet powerfully and boldly prayed and asked God to send the Holy Spirit to be with me. And I looked up from that prayer and I thought... I'm not speaking in tongues or prayer language. I'm not prophesying. I just, I kind of felt like regular JL. And so that's what my youth pastor, and we're going to have Pastor Will pretend to be my youth pastor for a second. That's when my youth pastor reached in his wallet and took out a $20 bill. Well, that's all that's in there. So. <laughs> JL, I want you to ask me for this $20 bill. Oh, I don't need your money, man. No, I want you to ask me for it. All right. Can I, can I have the 20 bucks? You got to take it. Okay. All right. Now, I want you to ask me for, for $20, for that, for that $20 bill. Um, it's kind of, I already have it. No, but I want you to, I want you to ask me for that $20, can, that $20 bill. Right can there. I have that $20 bill? But it's in your hands. Can I have the $20 bill? Take it. Can I have the $20 bill? Can you? Do you already have it? I have it. You do already have it. I already have it. That's just like the Holy Spirit. You already have it. I already have it. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. But until you recognize you already have it, until you take it and you start spending it, you start using it, it feels like nothing's different. It feels like everything's the same as it's always been. So there I am, 15, standing there, feeling exactly the same. And my youth pastor said, don't worry about it. You already have it. You already have the Holy Spirit. You're right where you need to be. You just have to figure out what to do next. So we went back to our rooms later that night. Everyone in my room talked about what happened at the service that night. And Everybody laid down and went to sleep. And I'm laying there in my bed and I can't sleep because I'm so excited about the fact that God, the Holy Spirit, is living inside of me. And I'm like, this is really significant. This is really important that this has happened in my life. But also, 
I want to figure out how to really apply this. And so I got out of my bed and I kneeled down on the carpet right there in that room with my roommate sleeping all around me. And I just began to pray. And I didn't really know what to pray. I wasn't, I know you guys see me and you're like, oh yeah, you have a Bible degree and you've been a pastor for 20 years. No, I'm just 15, okay? (laughs) I don't even know anything about what's going on. And I just begin to pray and I just say, God, the Holy Spirit, you live inside me now, I hear. So now what do we do? I'm running out of things to pray. (laughs) And I just started saying things that I loved about God, like, Jesus, I love you. You're so awesome. Thank you. Sorry I suck sometimes, but you're really cool. And I'm just praying what I knew how to pray. And when I ran out of things to pray, I just started praying the name of Jesus. Just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And after probably about 30 minutes by myself with my roommate sleeping in our room, all of a sudden I felt something like the bass down inside, like a word, like a sound, like a weird whatever, and I had to make a choice. Am I gonna say, whoa, that's weird, I'm, I'm not gonna say that thing. Or am I gonna let it kind of bubble up and am I gonna speak it out? And so there in the hotel room by myself, I thought, well, nobody knows what I'm doing anyways. So maybe they would think I was weird, but they're sleeping, so Susan has spit on her face. So I'm gonna just say whatever this is. So I did, I just said, ashu. And then I made myself laugh because I thought, that sounds like a sneeze of a cat. So I realized that that was my first word in a prayer language. It was kind of a word, kind of a sound. That's why it's a prayer or a word or a groan, the Bible says, it's, it, it doesn't matter. And then I just was like, oh, I got my, word in my prayer language. So I remembered what they said at the service and I just said it again on purpose. Ashu, 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 God bless you. Cause I just couldn't resist, you know? And so as time went on, I thought we're gonna have to get more words, Holy Spirit, <laughs> because this is a little weird, but it didn't come right away. I left the retreat, I went home, still one word in my prayer language, but I practiced, I, I literally did the sneeze word over and over again, saying my word until all of a sudden one time there was more words down in my spirit. The same way I heard the first word, I heard another word and another word and another word. I can't even tell you any other words that I ever say in my prayer language, but every once in a while I still hear ashu. But it just flows now. It just flows like a river, the Bible says, a river. Jesus is speaking in John 7 and he says, for the scriptures declare living water, rivers of living water will flow from his innermost being. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to all who believe. So these words, this river comes out and the prayer language goes forth. And the prayer language, I don't know what I'm praying. I have no idea what Ashu means, and I probably never will. Maybe in heaven, God will tell me, but I know I'm praying in line with God's perfect will. But you know who does know what I'm praying? God. And he's helping me to pray the most perfect prayer there is. So I began to pray in my prayer language every day, wherever I could, on the school bus, walking, doing the dishes, 
doing whatever I was supposed to be doing. And the more I did, the more connected I began to feel with God. I felt stronger. I could hear his voice. And I could start to feel his words. So again, my story looks very differently from JL's. I didn't have an overly enthusiastic person pull on my ears. You're Thank welcome. God, yes, your legacy right there. Um, I didn't have anyone make me feel super uncomfortable. Instead, I was very comfortable the entire time. I was excited. I was ready to make this next step. And so Pastor JL, again, she's preaching from the platform, and she begins to instruct me and my peers of what we should do to receive this prayer language, this gift that God wanted to give to each of us. So I do it. I follow the directions just as she told me to, but after what felt like hours of trying, I was given absolutely nothing. Nothing. No words, nothing was flowing within me. And so I go up to Pastor Jail and I just say, hey, I'm really struggling. I need some help. Can you please help me out? And so she begins to pray over me and she's working with me what seems like for another few hours. And still, I had gotten absolutely nowhere. And so when I went back to my room that night, I remember I was so devastated to find out that all of my friends in my room had gotten their prayer language without a problem. Meanwhile, I didn't even get one lousy word. And I remember feeling so confused and honestly just rejected by God. I started to feel unworthy and like maybe I had done something to where God didn't want to give me this gift anymore. Suddenly, this gift that the Lord was trying to give to me no longer seemed that way. It got twisted in my brain by the enemy, and by the next, next amp session, it became my mission. It's like, I will going, I'm going to get my prayer language. Bring me my prayer language or bring me death, okay? <laughs> I am going to do this. I am going to accomplish this by my own strength, by my own will. I am going to get this. Nothing was going to stop me. How do you think that worked out for me? <laughs> Probably not. It was very awkward. Well. It was very awkward. <laughs> Poor Jail. I don't know how to help you, but it was really funny. Okay, so I felt this huge amount of pressure upon me that I was putting on myself. And as I was praying, as I was trying to talk to God during this last session, I was trying to get it with everything in me. And again, I got nothing. I remember at this point, I was so frustrated, so angry. I felt ignored and betrayed by God. After that amped, I gave up on receiving my prayer language. I didn't try again because I was afraid of being rejected by God. It wasn't until five years later that I even attempted to ask God for it again. Five years later. It was at this random big church event where I finally had the courage to ask for it again, but I missed out on five years of intimacy with God. And so I was at this event, and this time I was like, okay, I really feel like the Lord is calling me. I really feel like this is something that he wants to give me. And this time, the pressure was off. I got out of my own head, and I realized that a prayer language, it's not a trophy to show off. It's not something to check off of your spiritual to-do list. It's something that is an intimate tool to be used to talk with and get closer to God. I stopped allowing the enemy to get it twisted into my head and to take it away from me, to make me feel rejected and scared. And when I realized these truths, I got my word. I still remember it to this day. The word was Ecletus. And again, I have no idea what it meant. And I wasn't suddenly fluent in my prayer language, but I finally received it. And after a few months of working, saying that word over and over and over again, saying Jesus, 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 exactly how JL did it, I eventually learned more and more and more words. And I couldn't tell you what any of them meant, but I knew that it was bringing me so much closer and that it, I was praying powerful, life-changing prayers with this prayer language.
Receiving this gift has been such a blessing to my prayer life. I don't always have to have the words to say or to know exactly what to pray for because I can just pray in my prayer language and trust that God's got it all covered. It brought incredible intimacy to my relationship with God, and now I never have to worry about saying the right thing, the perfect thing in my prayers. I don't have to worry about missing or forgetting anything. I can just pray the words that are within my heart and then switch to the ones that are on the Holy Spirit's heart. And the more time I spent praying in my prayer language, the closer I felt to God. The more I felt like I could understand what the Bible was saying when I read it. The more I prayed in my prayer language and the more I hung out with the Holy Spirit, the more I felt like I know what God was thinking or feeling or wanted me to do or say in my life. I felt like I could hear his voice, not just giving me these words in the foreign sounding language, the prayer language from within, but just telling me other things that he wanted me to know, giving me ideas that were really, really wise, like way smarter than I was, or, or giving me things that he wanted me to go tell other people. Like he would send me on these little errands almost. He'd be like, okay, today you need to go talk to your Spanish teacher, Senora St. Louis, and let her know that I have forgiven her. And I was like, this is gonna be awkward. He's like, just do it. I had no idea if she even knew the Lord. So I walked up to her and I was like, when I was praying this morning, uh, I feel like the Lord told me to come and tell you that he has forgiven you. And she began weeping and crying because she had felt so guilty that she had recently been divorced and she was a Christian and she knew the Lord. And I was like, wait, it was really cool. And also I was like, wait a sec. I just heard God speak like the Holy Spirit. And it's the same way that you hear your prayer language that you begin to hear God's heart on other things. And so that started happening in my life and I, I later realized that that, the idea of hearing encouraging things that will encourage other people in their faith walk, that's actually what prophecy meant. Like way back when that guy threw out the word that we'd get the Holy Spirit and we'd start prophesying, that just means saying encouraging things that God wants you to say to others. And I was like, wow, this, this is happening. So here's a really great way to think of all of this, okay? Now, Pastor Will has come out with a tray of deliciousness, and he's gonna pour the milk into the clear container so you guys can all see it. When you become a Christian, you are full. Jesus is with you, God, the Holy Spirit's with you, all of it's happening. You are filled up, okay? And when that happens in your life, all of your sins are washed away. You're white as snow, or maybe I should say white as milk, right? You're, you're filled to the top. You don't lack anything. Also, there is more. You lack nothing, but also there is more. And what's more delicious than a really cold glass of milk is a really cold glass of chocolate milk. Agreed? So... Think of that as that's you before, that's you as a saved person, but then there's this second experience, and that is the goodness and sweetness of the Holy Spirit, okay? He's like the chocolate syrup in life. He comes and he adds to the equation, okay? He comes in and he brings his rich, delicious goodness into your life. He, he brings the sweetness, he brings the peace, he brings the comfort. It's not enough yet, please keep going. He brings all that makes life so, so rich and good, okay? That's what he does. And in his coming, sometimes it spills a little bit over and that's okay. But when, when I look at kids, having done this now for 25 years, prayed with many, many, many students to receive these same things that we're talking about you today, here's what I find. 
The kids who, are, who receive Christ and receive the Holy Spirit, if they will do this, they will tend to be believers for a lifetime. And what that is, is stir it up. You gotta stir up the gift that God put inside of you. You gotta stir it up. That means you gotta keep practicing it. Malin got her word in prayer language, but she didn't just let it sink to the bottom of her life and go, that was fun that one time. She stirred it up every day, pulled it back up. Every day I gotta say this one word. Every day I'm listening in my spirit for God to talk. Every day I'm stirring up the goodness. I'm stirring it up. I'm stirring it up. I'm stirring it up. I'm stirring it up. And now it's completely different. It's so much richer. You had it all along. You had it all along, but now you have it richer, deeper, fuller, thicker, right? And then you can do this. This is where it gets really fun. You can go, you're connected with Jesus. You're connected with the Holy Spirit. You're listening. You're learning his voice. Now it can begin to bubble over. It can bubble over into the lives of people around you. And the goodness of God and the love of God can begin to splash on the people next to you and around you. But what happens, what happens when you stop? What would happen if we set that down and left it for a long time? In fact, we earlier prepared one. We, we made this about an hour ago, okay? It was the same as the one Will just made, but he hasn't been stirring it up. He hasn't been allowing it to bubble over. He hasn't been practicing with it over and over. So he did it. He had his camp experience with the Holy Spirit. It's in there. The Holy Spirit's there. He's right there with you. But it settled right out. And students, this is the most important thing that you need to hear. If you don't stay connected to the Holy Spirit, if you don't keep stirring it up, it'll settle right back to life as it was before camp. Lukewarm. Right? You have to make that choice that you're going to stir it up, that you're going to bubble it up, that you're going to bubble it over, and you're going to let the Holy Spirit flow through your life. Thanks, Pastor Will. You guys can clean that all up. Um, Here's what I want you to know. How many of you at some point, maybe at kids camp or kids church, maybe at 4640 conference or O2 or whatever, some events, or maybe in your grandma's living room with someone praying that you love very much, how many of you can think of a moment where you're like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure someone laid hands on me and I received the Holy Spirit in my life. Right. And maybe you're like me and you're like, but I'm not sure it changed me that much yet. I'm not sure that it's affected me day. I'm not sure it's bubbling up. I'm not sure I've cashed it in. I'm not sure if I'm all as different as I need to be because of that encounter with the Holy Spirit. And guys, the difference is your daily walk. Your difference is your daily connection with the Lord. Your difference is your choice to press in and to get to know Him. And so whether you're like Madeline and you know exactly what we're talking about and all the scriptures were very familiar and every possible Holy Spirit story is something you're like, yep, 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 yep. And that's where you're at tonight or you're like me that was like, I have no idea who the Holy Spirit is. Wherever you are on that spectrum, today can be the day that you receive the Holy Spirit. 
and you begin to stir it up and stir up his goodness and his kindness and his gifts and his love to the place of overflowing, today can be the day that that all begins to bubble over and you never go back. You never let it settle out again. You can begin that today. Um, when we first got to camp a few days ago, Pastor Tim and I were sitting in the back talking and he said, right over there, right over there because the altar stage used to be over here in this room and he stood over there when he was a kid at this camp and he received the Holy Spirit right over there and it bubbled up in him for his whole life and it changed everything and that can be you whether you feel like a spiritual veteran or you feel like a spiritual rookie that can be you so this is what I want you to do. I want you to find some space. Get, a, get away from your people for a minute. This is you and Jesus. Find some space. Now is the, the, the picking of the spot is important, friends, because if you sit by the wrong person or too close to someone, you might miss everything that's about to happen. Make a choice to move. Make a choice to pick some space where it's just you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus. And as you've listened to all of this this morning, if you're like, yep, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to receive the Holy Spirit, then right now you can. And if I had 200 arms the leaders are gonna be an extension of this, but if I had 200 arms, I'd put my hand on each one of your shoulders or heads right now, and I would just begin to pray. And I would just begin to pray and I would ask the Holy Spirit to come. And so even though I don't have 200 hands and I can't put my hand on, each one of you, I want you to know like in a supernatural way, it's still happening. So God, as we lay our hands on our students, either physically or symbolically, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would send the Holy Spirit to them. That right now, your Holy Spirit would fill them from the bottom of their feet to the top of their head that they would be filled to overflowing, that they would feel you, they would sense you, they would know you in real ways. Not just because some pastor told them, but because you, the living God of the entire universe, you, the breather of all life on this planet, you reside within them, you live inside of them. Jesus, send your Holy Spirit like you promised you would to every student whose heart is seeking right now. Send your Holy Spirit. Send your Holy Spirit. Fill them. Okay, so we've asked the Holy Spirit to come. Continue to press into that. In your own words, pray a prayer. Just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. In your own words, just explain what, why you want him to come. 
Receiving the Holy Spirit is a lot about you learning to connect with God. So you tell him, Holy Spirit, I want you to come into my life because I need your peace because my life is crazy. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. I want to sense you because I feel so alone in my life. I need to feel your presence, Lord. Just in your own words, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be the exact right thing. There is no exact right thing. It's just your heart saying what you are hoping for to the Holy Spirit. Just begin to whisper those prayers, whatever they are. He's here. And he is moving. And so I want to remind you of that 20 bucks. You've asked for it. He's given it to you. He's not going to tease you. He's not going to hold it up out of your reach. He's given it to you. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Don't have to keep asking for it. He's given it to you. And so when the enemy is trying to come in and make you doubt, make you lose confidence in yourself, just like what he did with me, where he wants to make you feel like you're not there, you're not getting it, the spirit isn't within you for whatever reason, it's a lie. It's a lie. You've been given the Holy Spirit. He is within you. And so dear Jesus, right now, we just bind the spirit of doubt we cast it away in the name of Jesus. And we just deaf, dumb, and mute the enemy to anything that is happening right now within this room. He has no power at all here. And so we just pray that every single student in here can just feel your presence in this moment. Pray against doubt. I pray against fear. I pray against rejection. I pray against all of those things that are coming into their mind that says you're not there because you are. You've given these students your presence. Now begin to bubble up within them. Let them feel you right now. So it's okay to now ask the Holy Spirit who lives within you to speak to you. It's okay to say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? That's a prayer that you pray. Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Holy Spirit, will you give me a gift? Would you like me to have the gift of prayer language? Ask him that. And then quiet yourself and listen for the bubbling, okay? Just ask, say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Holy Spirit, would you give me the gift of prayer language? Holy Spirit, would you give me the gift of wisdom? Holy Spirit, Will you tell me encouraging things that you want me to tell others? Holy Spirit, speak to me. And then you're listening deep down in your belly where you feel the bass. You're listening in your spirit, not with your ears. And then you have to make the choice to, to speak it out, to believe it. To not just say, oh, that was awkward. That was probably that bacon at breakfast that made me think that. You have to grab hold of it and say it. Just press into this for a minute. I feel like 
is speaking to me right now that the stakes are high, but the pressure's off. The pressure's off. Don't feel like you're being pressured. Don't feel like you have to accomplish something like this is something that you have to leave with today. Lord has a plan for you and he wants to give you this gift. And if it's not coming immediately, if it's not coming automatically, it's not rejection. It's not him saying that you're not good enough. It's him waiting for the perfect moment to give this gift to you. And so with these few moments left, I encourage you to continue to press in, to continue to ask, continue to challenge yourself to stir that within. But the pressure's off, guys. The pressure's off. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to each one of you. There's not one of you in this room that's not worthy of hearing him speak. And so that's something that you can just ask, like, Holy Spirit, say something to me. And while you're sitting here and you're praying and your thoughts are focused on God and you're asking him to speak something to you, listen. Listen way down in your spirit. Maybe he wants to say, I love you. Maybe he wants to say, I'm proud of you. I'm not mad at you. I think there's a lot of things that God would want, the Holy Spirit would want to whisper into your heart. And so press into that. If you're not over trying to receive your prayer language, just continue to listen and ask him to speak deep down in your innermost being. Ask him to speak something to your spirit. Your spirit talks to the Holy Spirit now. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for falling fresh on us, for speaking to us, for loving us, for filling us up, and giving us your amazing, amazing gifts. We worship you and we praise you and we thank you. Thank you for making us worthy. Thank you for choosing each and every one of us. And now we just ask that we can steward these gifts well, that we can steward that spirit well, and that when we leave this room, when we, lose, when we leave this camp, we will not lose it. We won't stop stirring it inside. We won't just let it settle to the bottom, but instead that we will continue to stir it up within us, continue to let it bubble over to impact us, to impact other people, but mostly to grow in further intimacy with you. We love you so much, and it's in your precious name that we pray. Everybody said amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.